1: today yes because today is halloween for us for you it is november something oh sorry (laughs) um so caitlin is sad me too why are you sad caitlin caitlin is sad because matthew perry died yes and i have been obsessively checking instagram to see if the other friends cast members have posted and they have not and i i feel like i almost need that closure right i'm like knowing that they're okay i know because i feel like when angus cloud died r.i.p he Mm -hmm. like the rest of the euphoria cast were on it Mm -hmm. i think zendaya was like the last one to post but it was still like the next day and at this point it's been three days since he passed Unless if they're
0: all just really taking it hard and trying to figure out, maybe they're trying to figure out something to do for him. They might like be a little tribute that they could all do together or something. I don't know.
1: I just um, also really quick, I would just like to address the fact that people think that uh, there is foul play invo- 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 involved. In- In- involved involved. Um, the coroner's report stated that he. And I, I, there's a reason behind this. I promise I'm not just rambling about the death of someone that I really cared about. Um, but the coroner's report stated that he had a cardiac episode, so like a heart attack, mm-hmm. and it caused him to fall unconscious while he was in a jacuzzi and he drowned in the jacuzzi. So the official cause of death is, quote, apparent drowning. So... Right. I... There have been some things I wanted to
0: talk to you about about it, but like out of respect for you, because I know that you really love him. I haven't said anything. So So
1: I I was talking about it a little bit last night with my family, and um, there are theories going around that he either um, died by suicide, which um, as someone who has read his memoir, um, I, hmm, I don't. I don't think that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in a very good place mentally, as far as the memoir shows. But not only that, he was also working on so many things to help other people who have been who are in his position, like the position that he has been in.
0: Right. Before. I actually I saw that he opened up his own Perry House.
1: Yeah. So I actually looked into that, and I think he sold his Perry house in um 2015. Oh. Um I don't know if I think he it said something about him wanting to make it more accessible to like people with lower incomes because like Malibu is just not a place where people with m- low incomes can be like sustained, you know what I mean? Like it's fucking expensive out there. Yeah. So I think I think that's why he did that, but I am fully aware of the conspiracies surrounding his instagram posts um yeah that's that's the one that i like yeah but i again have read his memoir and i'm not claiming to be an expert but i do just want to like clarify that nowhere in his memoir does he state that if he is ever in trouble he will send up his bat signal the only mentions of batman in his memoir are is the title of the last chapter and the very last sentence is something like uh and whenever something happens to you uh just think to yourself what would batman do Mm -hmm. those are the only references to batman now i know that matthew perry did really like batman and there were some references to that in friends but and i know like there's the post where he says, this is all I've eaten today and it's three cranberries mm-hmm. and the lead singer of the cranberries died by drowning. Oh, I didn't even know that. I just think, and I know we I said this before in season one, I just think that sometimes people die and it is actually how it looks, mm. but I think that to get the kind of closure that We as human beings who feel like we know these people because through their music, through their acting, through their writing, through whatever, we feel like we know them. We feel like they are our friend. I'm going to cry. Oh. We feel like we know them and the closure that we don't get through these accidental deaths or these murders, like – We just are searching for any kind of reason. And like with the murders, I mean like Biggie and Tupac, which Mm -hmm. Tupac's is basically solved now. But like, I just feel like this one, Matthew Perry, is what it looks like. I do think that, I mean, he had so many drug issues um, at one point, drug and other substance abuse issues. And I think he did have, you know, various health issues because of his past substance abuse issues and so being in the jacuzzi I think is what triggered his um his cardiac event Mm -hmm. I, I don't I'm all for conspiracies like you guys know that I love me a good conspiracy and there are some some deaths that are suspicious and some that just don't make sense for it to have been an accident or a suicide or even a death at all, Jim Morrison. But like this one, this one feels like it's actually what they're saying it is. Right. And I have been so torn up for the about this the last couple of days. Like, guys, when I tell you and I know Erica understands this, Friends is my favorite show. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know there are so many other people who, you know, have been in love with that show. I literally it's my background noise for everything. I rewatch it. I will watch all 10 seasons and then immediately restart it. She's telling the truth. It's my favorite show. Yeah, this it, this one this one got me. This one got yeah. me. Anyways, I'm so sorry to start this episode out heavy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just been I don't know. I think I think I've been kind of frustrated with all of the conspiracies because It's just something that we're so quick to jump to with people who, because we didn't do this with Betty White. Right. You know what I mean? Just because she was old, I feel like. Yeah. Like, there are just certain celebrities that we do this with, and I understand that it's a way of, like, we struggle to accept it, and we struggle to, like, need that closure and need there to be, like, a reason or someone to blame, but it's that's just not always the case. And, you know, Matthew Perry has seriously touched so many people's lives and, you know, made people feel normal about um, sarcasm and using jokes as a defense mechanism. Like he just made pe- he just normalized so many things and he, he was like a genuinely good person. So yeah. this one, the the world really took a hit with this one.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Like. Um, I'm not really into Friends. I've only I haven't even made it through the first season. But like I feel like it hurt me just a little bit and I think it's also because I knew it would hurt you a lot and that's all I could think about was I know how much of an impact Friends is on everyone. And I literally like no matter who I talk to, I feel like Chandler Bing is almost everyone's favorite character. Everyone literally loved him. Yeah. So, he- yeah.
1: He was, well, the show Friends itself was, believe it or not, a cultural phenomenon. Like Mm -hmm. there's not, there's never going to be another sitcom that runs for 10 seasons that will have the impact that one does on so many people. Mm -hmm. It ended 20 years ago and I, I am still watching it. Yeah, on and it's repeat. still so
0: popular. Like you can go to Walmart and see something Friends themed.
1: Like, yeah, literally. What other sitcom do you know of that maybe like Cheers or I don't I don't know. I guess Seinfeld was a really popular one, but Seinfeld mm, yeah. was bad. <laughs> yeah, I've never even seen that either. I fucking hate Seinfeld. I don't know. It's just I uh, that's that's my spiel on Matthew that's Perry. You and uh r i p because we really lost a great one. Mm-hmm. he was I think he was he had some really big plans and he was really making moves, and he was doing really, really well for himself, like post friends and all of his substance abuse. So this one really sucks. I will still be diligently watching everyone's fucking Instagram to see if they post because I think I still need to cry about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right.
1: Cuz I didn't really get to cry about it on Saturday because I had a belly full of booze and a face full of makeup. So yep. <laughs> and all of my friends surrounding me telling me not to cry. So <laughs> I just I just think I haven't. I woke up, I'm not even kidding, I woke up the next morning and I was like scrolling through Facebook and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's actually dead."
0: Oh yep this this is was not a hoax.
1: Nope, this was not a hoax, and it was not like a a drunken dream. F- listeners, just so you know, I had a Halloween party. I'm not just like regularly getting drunk on Saturdays. <laughs> not that it's anyone's fucking business what I'm doing on my Saturdays, but I just yeah, it was um yeah, this one sucked. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and with that, we're gonna go from one heavy thing to another heavy thing. <laughs> oh well what's this other heavy thing because today we are going to combine two of the things that intrigue me the most ghosts because this is the paranormal season yes and true crime
0: oh okay beautiful
1: so um i think not as not as bad as i thought uh (laughs) just just wait oh (laughs) it gets pretty dark so I think I said this in the Bobby Mackey episode, but like where there is brutal death, there tend to be ghosts. Yes. <laughs> so uh today we're gonna learn about the Velisca Axe Murder House. Ooh. Yeah. It, just uh, like a a general trigger warning. Um, just like our true crime season. But um, specifically, this this episode gets a specific trigger warning for uh, child murder. Specifically, six children murdered. Oh. So, um, uh, yeah, buckle up. I buckled. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Okay, so first, I want to introduce you to the people involved in the actual murder. We have the Moore family, which consisted of Father Josiah, who was 43 years old, uh, Mother Sarah, who was 39, and their four children, Herman, 11, Mary Catherine, 10, Arthur, 7, and Paul, 5. Um, We also have... (laughs) This is really sad. Two of Mary Catherine's friends, who were Ina May, who is eight, and Lena, and their last name is Stillinger, and Lena was 12 years old. So both the Moores and the Stillingers lived in a town in Iowa called Villisca, and we are uh, set in the early 1900s. So let's travel to the evening of June 9th, 1912. Uh, Mary Catherine Moore had asked her parents if the Stillinger girls could stay overnight with her. Um, Josiah called the Stillingers and got their blessing, but there was a program that was going on that night at their church, um, and it was the Children's Day program, which was going to be led by, uh, Sarah Moore, who was the mom. And all of the Moore and Stillinger children were participating in this program. Uh, the Moore family, along with Ina and Lena Stillinger, left the church after the program around 9.30 p.m. And they walked, so they got home between 9.45 and 10 o'clock. And that, them walking into their house, was the very last time that the Moore family or the Stillinger girls were ever seen alive again. So the next morning, June 10th, 1912, neighbors of the Moore family noticed that the house was unusually quiet, especially since there were six fucking children in there that night, um, and that the family had not started their daily chores by 7 a.m. There were six kids in the house that night, and neighbors do tend to know your routine, like, especially in the early 1900s. (laughs) So Mary Peckham was the Moore's neighbor, and she decided that she was going to go knock on the family's door to check on them, and this was sometime between 7 and 8 a.m. No one answered, and the door was locked from the inside of the house. Mary then let the Moore's chickens out, just trying to, like, you know, help them out. And she then called Josiah's brother, oh, Ross, 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 like friends, friends Ross. Ross. Okay, that's oh. what thinking what happened. Oh my God, what happened? Nothing. I'm sure I just. It just. <laughs> his brother's name was Ross. Oh, oh, Caitlin. I can't, guys. I'm not even kidding. I can't even watch it right now. Like oh, I yeah, put yeah. it I put it on yesterday because I saw that um they had up-doted, updated 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 <laughs> updated the first episode to say like in loving memory of Matthew Perry. Mhm. And I thought like, "Oh, is it just the very first episode? It's every fucking episode." Oh god. Every episode. So no, I can't watch it now cuz every episode will make me sob. Mhm. <laughs> Anyways, so Ross, when he got there to the Moore's house, uh, he tried knocking on the door. No one answered. He tried to shout uh, loud enough to wake someone up. No one woke up. And he also peeked into the windows to try and see something, but uh, nothing worked. So he pulled out his keys, which I don't know why he didn't start there, but okay. (laughs) And he began to search for the one that would open the door. Mary was on the porch. Mary is the neighbor. She was on the porch beside him when he opened the front door of the house, but she did not go inside with him. Um, Ross went inside and opened the downstairs bedroom door. And here's where it gets brutal. Um, On the bed lay the two bodies of the Stillinger girls. They were completely still and had dark stains on and surrounding their bodies. These stains, of course, were blood. Um, Ross left the house, and he and Mary called the city marshal, whose name was Hank Horton. (laughs) (laughs) Hank Horton. And Hank would be the one to discover the Moore family's bodies in the upstairs bedrooms of the house. All of the eight victims were brutally murdered in their sleep. Um, The cause of death was bludgeoning. And I'm sure you guessed what the murder weapon is just by the name of this episode. Is it an axe? It is an axe. Mm. Correct. So um, the the axe was actually owned by the Moors. It was Josiah's axe, um, but he was also bludgeoned, so he couldn't have done it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the axe was found in the room where the Stillinger girls had been sleeping, which leads to investigators believing that uh, they were sort of an afterthought because... I don't know if the murderer actually knew that there were two other children in the house. Maybe they just thought that it was the Moors, and then they realized that there was some other children in the house, and he had to go. Well, they had to go and kill them too. So that sucks. Um, but that's that's why they believe that the Stillinger girls were the last murdered, and that will come back later. Okay. So in a small town, even in the 1910s, news travels fast. When people learned of the brutal massacre, they flocked to the house, the crime scene, what? not just the house, was a fucking crime scene, and uh, due to the 1900s of it all, nosy ass onlookers were able to walk into the house. For fucking one. Why would you even? <laughs> why would you want to? Like, make Morb- that make sense. Morbid curiosity? I. But this is for fucking two what the fuck were these cops doing kidding. Okay. you can you keep the fucking onlookers out of the house okay so obviously evidence was destroyed because there were like hundreds of fucking people's footprints in the blood in this house everywhere everyone's fucking fingerprints were everywhere also i don't think they had fingerprints in the 1900s or the night like the early 1900s i think that didn't become popular till later maybe i'm lying I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean running was only invented in fucking what, 1899 or some shit, 1900? <sighs> what? Yeah. That's been literally all over my Facebook today. And I'm like, how did you all not know that? Oh my Isn't god. Isn't that weird to think about that running wasn't invented until then?
1: So, they like didn't have it like they didn't have a name for it or they just didn't do it. Because if they just didn't do it, I want to go to there. Oh wait, 1748. My bad. Oh. <laughs> That's that was still, way off. That's still like Mozart's lifetime. Wait, no, and he wasn't born till the 50s. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. And the guy's name was Thomas Running. Ah, oh, weird. Anyways, okay. Oh, man. So I don't know when fucking fingerprints were invented, but it's fine. Fingerprint identification, fingerprints have been around as long as humans have. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Whoops. But it is thought that around a hundred people walked into the crime scene to gawk at the bodies of six dead children and two dead adults. Let's just let that one sink in because it's pretty fucked up. So the police were eventually able to cordon off the crime scene around noon. But remember that Mary Peckham found, well, found the house empty, found the house um, unwake woken. they were still asleep at seven in the morning. So it took the police five fucking hours to cordon off this crime scene so that there were (laughs) no more tampering with evidence. I cannot. So obviously the damage to the crime scene was already done. So here are the facts that we know for sure. Doctors estimate the time of the murders to be between midnight and 5 a.m. on the 10th. So they got home on June 9th, but they were not murdered until technically the 10th. All of the curtains in the house were closed and the two windows that did not have curtains were covered by clothing. Does that make sense? hmm So all of the windows were covered in some way or, or another. Every single victim had their faces covered after they were bludgeoned. All of the doors of the house were locked from the inside and in the kitchen, there was a pan... Of bloody water, as if the killer had tried to rinse their hands or something. Mm. But <laughs> there was also a plate of honey in food and in the kitchen. And continuing with the weird stuff, in the room where the Stillinger girls were found dead, there was a two pound slab of bacon wrapped in a dish towel. What? <laughs> what? So you just walk into this room, and there are two. Dead children. And then you look on the ground and there's a fucking two pound slab of bacon wrapped in a towel. All right. And the bacon was laying right next to the axe, just so you know. <laughs> and there was a similar slab of bacon found in the freezer. So they the investigators thought that, like, oh, this bacon was in the freezer and then he took it out. Oh, I wonder if... My little little brain wheels are turning here. I wonder if the murderer um, tried to steal one on his way out and then realized that there were two more people that he needed to kill. And so Mm -hmm. he set it down and then forgot to pick it up. Or maybe he like tainted it with the axe. Like maybe blood got. I don't know. I think he was trying to steal it, though. Right. Okay. Damn it. What the fuck ever. It's fucking. (laughs) This is horrific. Uh, there were gouge marks in the ceiling in Josiah and Sarah's bedroom. In the ceiling? Mm-hmm. These presumably are from the upswing of the axe oh. to continue bashing the moors with it. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, something else notable is that Josiah received the most blows from the axe than any other victim. So that was personal. Uh-huh. Yep, we'll get to it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my bad, my bad.
1: Um, sit. So, no, you're good. You're good. Um, so Sarah, on the other hand, had blows from the blade. So everyone else had like the blunt side of the of the axe. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas Sarah got the actual blade. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. Sorry, guys. He loved her. Oh, that's actually a theory. That's, <gasps> that one that one is it no no it's not no. one that i at least not one that i've seen oh. but that is a good fucking theory because I mean, if if you think about it a lot of the murders that are like super super fucking brutal are like basically crimes of passion mm-hmm. not like not like the in the heat of the moment side of it but like like the love side of it right so you could be on to something there and
0: look at me I just Um, find it interesting that the rest of them got the blunt and then it was like, she got the, I don't even know how to word it. Just like the, the, the the blade. Yeah. like, Like the less easy.
1: I don't even, that sounds wrong to say. I don't know, but you know what I mean? It's, and I know like they know that everyone else got the blunt side because of like, obviously the actual shape like the shapes of the actual wounds are going to be different from the blunt end versus the sharp side yeah also the gouge marks in the ceiling from when they killed Josiah you couldn't necessarily make gouges it would just be more like dense with the blunt side you know what I mean right hi Loki so it is believed that Josiah and Sarah were the first ones to be bludgeoned followed by the Moore family and finally the Stillinger girls. However, it's believed that the murderer went back to Josiah and Sarah to deal more blows to them between the Moore children and the Stillingers. So, like, he came in and bludgeoned um, Josiah and Sarah, went and murdered the kids, and then came back to Josiah and Sarah, and then went down to the Stillinger girls. Okay. So... Um, There were quite a few suspects in this crime. I'm not going to go through all of them because I want to get to the ghost because that's the purpose of this season and we're already 30 minutes into this fucking episode. Oh, fuck. Um, So, but I will list them and the basic reasonings for why they were suspects. So, the first man is Andrew Sawyer. He was a transient but a stranger to the Moors. Um, He did, however, sleep fully clothed with an axe. So, no real reason there. Hmm. Reverend George Kelly came into town on June 8th, went into Villisca, Iowa on June 8th and left around 5 a.m. on June 10th. Reverend? Reverend? Did you you kill someone? Did you kill eight someones, you fucking bastard? God. Sir,
0: I think someone sinned.
1: (laughs) A bad sin? (sighs) That'll be 12 Hail, Hail Marys for you. I don't know a goddamn thing about Catholicism, so that remember. was it's was fine. Um he also Reverend George Kelly also confessed to the murders, but the jury did not believe him because he was known to have mental illness. <laughs> Reverend.
0: <laughs> but then at the same time, I'm actually really surprised because usual I thought mentally ill people
1: back then was like, What well, you did
0: it. Cause you're mentally ill, you did it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think this jury, this jury, I think he got really, really lucky with, but he was through a series of confusing events that I could not fucking get into because this episode has to focus on ghosts. (laughs) Um, He was tried twice for the murders, but was acquitted both times. So he had two juries not convict him. Hmm. So I don't fucking, I don't have any fucking idea. So, Frank Jones was an ex-boss of Josiah Moore until Josiah left Jones's business to start a competitor business. Mm. Moore, Josiah, was also rumored to have been having an affair with Frank's daughter-in-law. But this has never been substantiated. (laughs) So it's just, it's just a rumor, but yeah, what, what a fucking scandal, but if that were the case, then why would he also murder the children and the wife? I don't, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah. But if the other two girls downstairs didn't even, I it's, they were all killed in their sleep. So it doesn't really, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, William Mansfield was a known axe murderer, even being suspected for the Axeman of New Orleans. (gasps) Um, However, he had a solid alibi that he was in Illinois at the time of the Villisca murders. So Mm. it couldn't have been him. Not really. Uh, Henry Lee Moore, no relish, was a suspected serial killer who was convicted for murdering his mother and grandmother with a fucking axe. (laughs) Um, that's all I'll say about that. Sam Moyer was Josiah's brother-in-law and often threatened to kill Josiah. Oh. But he, too, had a solid alibi. (laughs) See what I mean? That's, like, already number five. Six. That's number six. Here's number seven. Damn, there's a lot of suspects. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking suspects. It's the 1900s of it all. They don't have a single fucking clue who did it. (laughs) So Paul Mueller is another suspected serial killer who is thought to have gone on a murderous rampage for the better part of a fucking decade. Ten years, are you shitting me? Jesus Christ, 1900s, get your shit together. Like, almost worse than the 70s. God. So he was known to choose victims near railroads, which the Velisca Axe Murder House is, in fact, close to a railroad. And he used the blunt end of an axe. Oh. And also, he typically covered windows and locked the doors before leaving a house. I mean that this that one, one kind of seems uh Yeah. This one holds the most water for me. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. I know other um podcast hosts have different opinions, but for me it it's Paul Mueller. It's between Paul and George Reverend Kelly. Reverend George Kelly. Fuck. Yeah. Well Reverend's kind of sketchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Anyways, so that's the brutal murders of the Villisca house in Iowa. Now let's move on to the ghosts. Some spooky boys. So you would think that it would be pretty easy to find descriptions of the hauntings for this location. But joke's on me, it was not. Literally one half-assed source that I found just said, quote, Activity reported at this location includes footsteps, giggles, noises, shadows, and objects moving. Wow, Thanks. that's it. No shit, Sherlock. That's standard ghost shit. Yeah, give me something else. So I kept searching, and I found this article detailing um, what detailing someone else's ghost hunt at the Vallisca House. Why can't I write? <laughs> the I like sentence, your what? That <laughs> sentence makes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to another British podcast. <laughs> Anyways, so this ghost tour was done by the Adelaide Haunted Horizons Ghost Tours, and they are from Australia.
0: Ooh, Australia.
1: Um, And Johnny Hauser, who is a paranormal investigator local to Villisca, Iowa, joined the Adelaide company investigators, Allison and CAG. CAG? His name is CAG. CAG. <laughs> <laughs> oh so Johnny told them numerous stories Johnny is the the, uh, caretaker of the Villisca house Um, and he told them numerous stories about his own investigations including um, the strange footsteps that he would hear that seemed to have no pattern Um, as far as I know a pattern of footsteps like, like they only walk in a certain place or at a certain time can be evidence of a residual haunting like um Last week, with the Central State Hospital, how the in the administration building they would hear footsteps walking from the desk to the door to the desk Mm. back and forth. That would be a residual haunting of someone like continuing their work in the afterlife. Mm, Okay. But um, since these ones have no pattern or specific time or specific like map to them. It's probably not residual, which the opposite of residual is intelligent. And we don't like that. So basically, um, residual haunting just means that it's like leftover energy and the spirit is enacting what it did in its daily life. I just basically explained that. Um, Mm -hmm. These kind of spirits probably don't know that you're there. Right. Uh, Johnny also told the Adelaide investigators that he had tons of EVP recordings stating different names. Uh, those names turned out to be the names of suspects in the murder. Suspects in the murder. Uh huh. But that was also um, about half the town at the time because there were seven fucking suspects that I listed just now, and there were probably more that I missed. So um, the Adelaide investigators theorized that this could be because the victims never woke up and therefore would not know who their murderer was. Hmm. Um, all of the EVP recordings that really anyone gets is um, from the children. Not really Josiah or Sarah. Interesting. Uh, it's always the children. Yeah, it is. EVPs from kids is like the worst. It's so fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. So Johnny believes that the house is just messing with people. Uh, But to me, it sounds like there is a spirit or more spirits residing in the house. And the spirit is just presenting itself as a child, which is demon behavior. Just Mm -mm. saying. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I think we've talked about this before, but oftentimes demons will um, disguise themselves as children or like older women. Yeah, I remember we talked about this. Which, ironically, are the most scary spirits to me. (laughs) Oh, same. And, like, I almost wonder if that that is, like, why they're so scary. Mm, You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, maybe subconsciously, whenever we hear a little kid or, like, old lady spirits, we just think that it's a demon. (laughs) (laughs) The diamond. (sighs) Anyways. um, So, another story that Johnny told the Adelaide investigators is one of the night when he and a friend were doing an EVP session in a closet upstairs, and uh, pretty much immediately they heard footsteps downstairs that began walking up the stairs towards them. And the footsteps were so loud and so real that Johnny actually thought someone had broken into the house. No. So when the footsteps entered the room that he was in, Johnny kicked the closet door open in an attempt to scare the intruder. Mm Mm-hmm but there was no one there
0: just end up scare myself
1: uh-huh yeah fucking shit your pants run downstairs go home bye yep um the adelaide's investigation was almost as eventful as johnny's stories um they began in the kitchen with an evp session they tried to bring the children through and the batteries of their equipment began to die despite being fully charged before they started that is um typical ghost hunting It's it's literally ghost hunting 101. Like, your batteries are probably going to be drained because the spirits will use the energy from that to help them do what you're asking of them. Like, knocking or talking or walking around so that you can hear it. Like, whatever. Um, Regardless, they picked up a number of voices saying things like, leave, car, and murder. Um, upon asking for a name, Henry came through. They asked if Henry was the killer and they were told to leave and get out. Remember that Henry Moore was a suspect. He was mm-hmm. the the serial killer one. He was the not not Paul. He was the other serial killer. The first. Yeah. 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 When they asked if they were speaking with one of the children, they got an immediate yes. And then Ina, house, death and us. Um, these less threatening responses quickly, quickly turned into warnings with things like get out and leave. And these are all like EVP sessions. Keep in mind, they don't know that they're getting all of these responses so often and quickly. They're doing EVP sessions. So you often can't tell if you're getting responses until you listen back to the recordings. So they are just using regular, um, recorders. Um, There was one point in the night where Allison thought she could hear a child's voice out loud. And at the same time, there was a temperature and air pressure drop. <sighs> Which, I mean, I told you guys about the cold spot that I felt at Bobby Mackey's. That's like sign number one of a spirit being around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole investigation was a lot of the same. Uh, they did not notice um, any footsteps or they didn't see any like shadows. Um, but I watched Sam and Colby's video at the house and a lot of it was just their equipment going insane near the attic and also beside the parents' bed. Hmm. Um, They had a uh, few pieces of equipment die as well after being fully charged. Um, They also did the Estes method with a spirit, which just means that Colby was blindfolded and had uh, noise-canceling headphones on. And plugged into the spirit box, and if you remember from the Bobby Mackey's episode, the spirit box is the one that picks up on radio frequencies, and it goes, and the ghost mm-hmm. can speak words through it. So Colby, the the others ask questions, and then Colby says the things he hears from the spirit box. um So this gets wild, and the thing says stuff that basically other investigators would have said, like other like ghost hunters would have said, like record that. Mm. Uh, then a door slams mm-hmm. on its own, and they freak out, rightfully fucking so. Uh, when they go to investigate the door slamming, a bunch of their equipment goes off. Oh goodness! Um, Ghost Adventures went to this house too, season four, episode twelve. In case you want to watch it, um, but they did not yield near as much activity as Sam and Colby. They got like a few EVPs and some EMF detector shit. Um, but I could not finish this episode because Zach was so fucking arrogant. Erica, this is the one where he literally took the axe, like the murder weapon. It might have been a replica, but he took an axe and set it on the wall and then laid underneath it and told the spirits to knock it down on top of him. Well, they should have got him. Fuck. How stupid are you? I'm sorry. We're just going to... Con- this whole season is going to be me shitting on Zach Bagans. It's fine. Anyways, um, so that that's the Velisca Axe Murder House. Unsolved murder. Hella haunted house. Boom. Sounds like it. Thank you for telling me about that. You're so welcome. Happy fucking Halloween. Also, Happy I'm sorry Halloween. this episode is so goddamn long. <laughs> 95% of it is me talking about Matthew Perry and being sad. So... Maybe I should just go watch Friends and be sad. Like, maybe I should just get it over with. Right. Just process
0: it. Maybe it will help.
1: Okay. Well, that was a really heavy episode on all fronts. And um, sorry, I'm going to go pass out candy to children now. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun. With my broken ass porch light. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Okie okay, doke. Well, listeners, uh, we hope you guys had a wonderful spooky season, and I'm very really sad that it's over, over but there's always next year, and it'll be fine. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye! Oh, bye forever! Thank you for listening to Mysterious Ish. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Mysterious Ish Pod. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at MysteriousishPod at gmail.com or visit our website at MysteriousishPod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.